It's, it's the last morning. Um, this is sad. This is the last time we're, we're digging into Colossians together. Um, but it's been a really good time. We, ha- we have looked at some really big stuff this week. I hope you've seen it. We've seen that we're in touch with a worldwide, divine, life-changing movement. We've seen that we're in touch with the one who is supreme over everything. The one who created rules and sustains all things. And we've seen that in him, we have fullness of fellowship, fullness of freedom, and fullness of forgiveness. So we're left with this big picture of who we are as Christians, what we're a part of, who we're in touch with, what we have. And so what are our lives going to look like now? Now that we know what we're in touch with, who we're in touch with, what we have, what is the truly spiritual life going to look like? How do you imagine it would look? Casting out demons, speaking in tongues, walking untouched through this world. You'd expect the truly spiritual life to be extraordinary, right? Well, it is. If you've got the eyes to see it. If you can listen in this morning, your whole life could be transformed from the boring, repetitive routine that you've been stuck in to actually mean something, to say something. If you listen in this morning, this passage will show you what the Christian life is really like. Extraordinary. Do all you can this morning to see what the Christian life is like. I know a lot of you are tired, but it's worth your efforts to listen in. So whatever you've got to do to keep paying attention, do it. Write notes if you have to. Draw a picture if you have to. Anything to keep your mind engaged. Because we're going to look at four different things in the Christian life. We're going to look at killing sin, forgiving others, obeying your parents, sharing the gospel. Seemingly ordinary things, but if you have the eyes to see it, they're extraordinary. I'm going to pray that we would be ready to hear what the truly spiritual life is this morning, that God would give us the eyes to see how extraordinary it is. So let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for what we have seen in Colossians so far. Lord, we thank you for what we've seen that we have in Christ, what we're in touch with, who we're in touch with. Lord, I pray this morning as we dig into what the Christian life's going to look like, that you'd be helping us to see how extraordinary it is, that you'd be giving us the energy one last time to dig into your word, and please change us by it. Amen. The first, the truly spiritual life involves killing sin. Have a look at verse 5 in your Bibles. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. We've looked at a bunch of these things in the night swarms with Jonah. We've seen how these things can take the place of God. And we've seen how we can put them to death. The talk on lust and love show we should seek help if we're struggling with these things that we should set up boundaries with our boyfriends or girlfriends. The talk on greed showed us that we need to actively repent of greed. We need to get rid of the things that we've stolen, and we need to place greed with generosity. 
these are something, these are some ways that we can be putting sin to death, but they don't seem like very extraordinary things. Killing sin. But there's a bigger picture going on in this verse than just an instruction. Look again and notice how this verse talks about sin and idols. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Those sins and idols are referred to as the things that belong to your earthly nature. What does that mean? Well, yesterday we saw when we receive Christ Jesus as Lord, we're given fullness of fellowship, fullness of forgiveness, and fullness of freedom. Fullness of fellowship means that everything that is gross in you is put off. You are perfectly in touch with God. Fullness of forgiveness means all of your sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven. We have no guilt before our God. And fullness of freedom means that all our spiritual enemies have been triumphed over. There is nothing that can take us away from God. Do you know what this all means? It means if you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you're guaranteed a place in heaven. There's nothing that can stop you from getting that. You have been brought to fullness if you stay in Him. In fact, it's so sure that you're going to be there, it's as if you're already there. And so when Paul calls you to put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, when Paul calls you to kill sin, he's calling you to live out an extraordinary truth. That you are now a citizen of heaven. That what is earthly in you no longer belongs. It's like when an American moves to Australia. They lose their accent and they become heaps cooler. You become cooler, Sydney. You've been moved from earth to belong to heaven. And Paul is calling us to live the life of our new home. He's calling you to live as one who is heaven bound. That's what you're doing when you're putting to death sin. You're living the life of a citizen of heaven. When you fight lust, you're showing that you don't belong to this world. When you decide to give away your money, you're showing that heaven is your home. Your very life can echo the truth of the gospel that you have been saved and that you are heading to heaven. Each day in the seemingly ordinary things that you do to put sin to death, not going on your computer at certain times, not hanging out with your girlfriend or boyfriend by yourselves, intentionally giving away some of your birthday money, your life is speaking the truth that heaven is your home. You are declaring to yourself that you don't belong here. You're a citizen of heaven now. That is an extraordinary life. That is a truly spiritual life. Second, the truly spiritual life involves forgiving others. Have a look at verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. He's saying this particularly to us as the church. When someone wrongs you, forgive them. When someone doesn't apologize, forgive them anyway. When someone hits you, forgive them. When someone speaks behind your back, forgive them. 
We've been called to forgive others. But that doesn't seem like a very extraordinary thing. Forgiving others. But look at again how that verse ends. Bear with the child and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yesterday we saw that if you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord, the God of the universe has forgiven you. That even though we spent our whole lives in rebellion to Him, living without Him as our Lord, sometimes living without even acknowledging He is even there, the one who has given us every good thing, that is the one who has forgiven us. And it wasn't a cheap forgiveness either. It cost him dearly. It cost him his son, the supreme one, who came to be a little speck on a speck in the vastness of the universe to die, to pay the debt that you deserved. The ruler, the creator, the sustainer died. That is what he paid to forgive you. And when you forgive others, you declare the incredible truth that you have been forgiven by that Lord. You can be someone whose life rings with the truth that you have been forgiven. That the God of the universe has paid dearly for you. And so I want to consider some bigger things with you. Because we can, we can witness this incredible truth in even harder circumstances. When big things go on, when unexpected things go on, when your family breaks apart because of divorce, it can be really easy to hold on to anger toward one or both of your parents. But your life could echo the incredible truth that you have been forgiven by the Lord you could forgive them. When your family is rocked by big lies that surface, it can be devastating. But your life could echo the incredible truth that you have been forgiven by the Lord. For these things, forgiveness won't be an easy thing. It won't be a one-time thing. It'll be a hard, ongoing thing. But the harder it is, the more you scream out the incredible truth that you have been forgiven by the Lord. You can witness to the world, to us, to your friends at school, that you have been forgiven by the Lord of all. Your life can be extraordinary. You can live a life that echoes extraordinary truths in really hard situations. Third, the truly spiritual life is obeying your parents. Have a look at verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Paul is calling us to obey our parents in everything. When they tell you to clean the dishes, when they tell you to clean your room, when they say you can't go to that party, when they tell you you can't date yet. In these ways and more, we are called to obey our parents. But they don't seem like extraordinary things. Clean dishes, clean your room. But have a look at how that verse ends. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Yesterday we saw that we have been given fullness of fellowship, so that all that God made, um, that all that 
God made us made God look at us and think gross has been removed. And so, when you do things he loves, he sees them clearly and it pleases him. On Friday we saw who our Lord is. He is the creator, ruler and sustainer of all things and the one who loves you and you can please him. Have you ever thought about that? You can, you can please the holy God of the universe. You can make him smile. The one who is supreme, the one who died for you. You can please him when you obey your parents. This afternoon, when you get home from this camp, when you're tired, you'll be able to please the God of the universe by doing the dishes for your parents. These holidays, when your parents ask you to use your free time to help out around the house, you have the opportunity to please the God of the universe. Your life in the small things can be lived to please the God of the universe who loves you. The truly spiritual life is obeying your parents and it is extraordinary. Fourth, the truly spiritual life involves evangelism. Have a look at chapter four, verse three. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. These verses are calling us to pray for opportunities to share the gospel, to pray for clarity when we share the gospel, to take those opportunities when they come up, and to work hard at being clear and wise when we do. But these things can seem like ordinary things but they're extraordinary because they shout out an extraordinary truth that you are part of the worldwide, divine, life-changing church, that the God of the universe is behind the church. He is behind the gospel going out, that he cares about it going out, that he's waiting to answer your prayers. And that he's working as it goes out to change your friends' hearts. And so be people who declare to yourself, to the world and to God, that you know what you're part of. When someone asks you what you did on the weekend, tell them about church and youth. Even tell them the main point of the talk. Yeah, I went to church last night. I heard about the truly spiritual life. When you walk to school or catch the bus in the morning, Pray that God would give you opportunities to share the gospel. Pray every morning for a friend as you head to school. And know that what you're doing in that moment is extraordinary. You're speaking to the God of all who is waiting to get involved in your school and in your friends. You can declare to yourself, to the world and to your God that you know what you're part of. You're part of the worldwide divine, life-changing church. And as you take part, you're living the truly spiritual life, the extraordinary life. Now, the Christian life may not seem very special. You read the Bible, you try and obey Jesus, you evangelize. But if you have the eyes to see it, you can see it for what it is, extraordinary, 
is a life that is lived because of incredible truths. We saw in our first time together that we are in touch with a worldwide divine life-changing movement. We saw on Friday that we're in touch with the one who is supreme over everything. And we saw yesterday that when we receive him, we receive fullness of fellowship, forgiveness, and freedom. Big things. And your life can shout these things out. As you put sin to death, you are showing to yourself, to the world, to God, that you're a citizen of heaven now. As you forgive others, you're showing to yourself, to the world, to God, that you have been forgiven completely and at great cost. As you obey your parents, you're showing to yourself, to the world, to God, that you have a Lord who is seated above all, who you can please. As you evangelize, you're showing to yourself, to the world, and to God, that you're part of a worldwide, divine, life-changing church. If you want a life that moves on from being boring, that gets out of the repetitive day in and day out, school, youth, sport, realize the bigness of what you have in Christ and see what your life can say to yourself, to your friends and to God. The extraordinary truths which every day you're able to live out. As you kill sin, as you forgive others, as you obey your parents, as you evangelize, you are living out extraordinary truths. And so if you want a truly spiritual life, if you want an extraordinary life, pursue those things. I'm going to pray right now that we would be people that do that. This week after fat and for the rest of our days, there would be people that have an extraordinary life and seemingly ordinary things. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for what you revealed in your Bible this week. Lord, we thank you for how you've shown us what we're in touch with. Your church, the worldwide, divine, life-changing movement. Lord, we thank you for the way that you've shown us who your son is and that we're in touch with him. And Lord, we thank you for the way that you've shown us what we have in him, the fullness of freedom, forgiveness, and fellowship. Lord, I pray that our lives would be transformed by those truths, that we would live those things out every single day for the rest of our lives, that we'd move on from thinking that life's boring and see the bigness of what we're a part of. And that we'd be stoked to serve you, to please you in this life. Amen.